This is day two of our prayer week. I want to welcome you to this week, which for me is one of the best weeks on our calendar. If I was to choose events that I can lead in our church, among the many that I would do, this would be among the top five. Because I believe starting the year like this sets a tone not only for us as a church, but for you as an individual. It sets a tone for our city, our province, our country, and even the world. I'm so excited as well to hear about the many, many churches that are also having prayer at this time of the year. I still have a dream, Barcelona, for us to go to FNB Stadium one day or Orlando Stadium at this time of the year and raise the voice of prayer. I believe the church in South Africa has yet to reclaim its rightful place. I believe that with all my heart. I don't think as the church we have fully leveraged the spiritual power at our disposal. We are still playing average. When we call ourselves a Christian country, or rather a country, no, we're not a, we're a secular state, but we've got stats we're showing that 80% of people in South Africa uh, actually count themselves as Christians, whether nominal or not nominal, but they subscribe to the Christian faith. And if that is true, then we have grossly underleveraged who we are as children of God. And so I am praying deeply in my heart. And tonight I just want to slow it down a little bit because I want you to listen. I would love for every word that comes out of here, if it is spirit-led, if it's spirit-anointed, if it is according to God's will and God's word, I'd love for every word to simmer into your heart, but not only end there. I would wish for it to be a seed that gets sown in your heart. Amen. That the day will come one day when we will be at Orlando Stadium or at FNB Stadium at this time of the year, and the church really prays. Oftentimes we meet as the church, we call it a prayer service, but we never pray. Everything else happens but prayer. Now the format of these meetings is that I do a teaching and we also pray. And we can have it in any order, whichever way. And so today I want to start what we're going to talk about for the next four days which is based in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33, verse 3. We're going to break that down together and talk around that together. And my challenge to you and my exhortation to you is that you can pray mighty prayers. No matter how old you are, no matter how long you have been born again, 
you can pray mighty prayers. Oftentimes, we under-challenge God and under-challenge ourselves by putting a limit to what God can do. We pray prayers that are timid, prayers that have no passion, prayers that lack intensity, prayers that are not filled with faith, prayers that are not intentional. When God has given us the weapon of prayer, if needs be to change the direction of a whole nation, and God has given us an open invitation to say we can pray mighty prayers. Oh, your amen is very cold today. Tell your neighbor you can pray mighty prayers. Tell three people, three people, tell them, tell them quickly. Yesterday we talked about the valley of Acor, the door of hope, the valley of heartbreak. But we learned that the valley of Acor, the valley of heartbreak, where disappointment is there, in spite of it, it's in that valley that God makes a door. And the door that God makes is called the door of hope. And as we've gone through that valley of Acor, God begins a process of supernatural turnaround. Now that we have that revelation of the purpose of the valley of Acor, the last two years that we have been through, I want to turn our attention to the open invitation God makes to you in Jeremiah 33. Please put your name there. Everywhere that I'm going to read, God's not talking to your neighbor. God is talking to you. Tonight, picture it as an open invitation where God is challenging you. God is saying to you, I have brought you through the valley of Acre. I have sustained you even when you thought you could not be sustained. You have come through even when you thought it is not possible. You are still here. And God is saying to you, I want to show you the reason you are still here. Because there is a purpose for your life. And there is something greater that I want to do in the world, but I am inviting you to become a partner with me. I will do the act, you do the asking, and I will respond. And God says, when you come to me, don't come with a low-level request. Don't come with a timid spirit. I want you to come expecting mighty things, great things, big things. I want you to pray mighty prayers, big prayers, bold prayers, strong prayers, anointed prayers. I want you to come with a spirit of importunity. I want you to come with persistence. I want you to come with perseverance. I want you to come with a heart burning on fire, with fervency. I want you to come and pray big prayers. I love Atta tonight. I want, I want you to hear what God is saying to you tonight. God is inviting you to pray mighty prayers. 
So he says in Jeremiah 33 verse 3, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show you great things and mighty things which you do not know. So we're going to take this scripture apart for the next four days as we look at every aspect of it. Tonight, I just want to focus on the two, three words, call unto me. Call unto me. The background of this statement is that God had made a promise to his people and a determination that he will grant them restoration. But it's quite interesting to note that even if God has promised, we must still do the asking. Even if God has promised, we must still do the praying. But it also tells us that our praying can only be based on what God has promised. Our prayer has to be based on what God has said. So God says, call unto me. Call unto me. Call unto me. God is making an invitation to the prayer warriors. God is making an invitation to the intercessors. The same invitation is making to us. In this instance, he's talking to Jeremiah as an intercessor. And in the same way, therefore, God is talking to you, intercessor. Put your name there. Put your name there. God says, call unto me. Call unto me. I want you to say your name and then say, call unto me. Say it again. Say your name. Then say, God says, call unto me. Do it again. Say your name. No, it's like one I tell man, my beautiful man. Just one name. Say your name. And then say, God says, call unto me. So whatever your name is, God is standing and he says, call unto me. What is this? When God says, call unto me, he's urging his people to pray. Because God has already determined to grant you what you're going to be praying for. God's promises are not slackened, but they are quickened by the prayer of his people. It's quite amazing to note in the Bible that even when God had promised his people, it's up until they took God up in prayer to remind him of the things that he said that God went into motion. The children of Israel went into Egypt and captivity and God had spoken prophetically how long they would be there. But they stayed there for a long, 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 long time. And then when you read, the Bible says, and God remembered his promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now that statement alone, if you don't study what the, what the background of the word remember is in the Bible, you won't understand what it's saying. Now, when it says God remembered, it's not that God forgot. 
But God has always challenged us to put him to remembrance. Not because he forgets. But what God wants to do is to set up a legal process through which he can, le- he can legally intervene in the affairs of human life. Because remember, this world is under the rulership and the control of the God of this world called Satan. He is the God of this world. He is controlling the things that are happening in the world. For God to be able to gain entry into the world, he has to be allowed in through this instrument called a human being. Because a human being was given that authority by God. So God says, you know, I can be involved in the affairs of the world. God can come into the world anytime he wants. But for the most part in his involvement in our lives, he waits for you and me to make an invitation. When we call, there is no way he cannot come. When we call, he has a legal right to intervene. When we call, it doesn't matter what is going on, he is going to attend to it. Why? Because he is bound by his promise. He is bound by what he said. God cannot lie. And therefore, when we pray based on his word, God responds to his word. Can I hear an amen? And so God is urging us to pray. It is the spirit of prayer that God is appealing to. Because it is prayer that penetrates the darkness of the world. It is prayer that penetrates your life and my life. It is through a spirit of prayer that things begin to work in our lives. It is when the promise of God is enabled by a spirit of prayer. It is when the prophecy upon your life is enabled by a spirit of prayer. You know, most people read the story, I know the thoughts that I have towards you, thoughts to give you peace and whatever, and they've never read the background. They've never read the background. And the background is the story, God had promised the children of Israel that you are going to go into captivity again for 70 years, and after 70 years you'd come out. And, 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 and when it was read, and Jeremiah read, in one instance when Daniel read and found out from the book that at this time we should have come out of captivity, then he took what he found in the book and he said, I set myself to seek the Lord. And based on him seeking the Lord, praying to the Lord, then the prophecy became a manifested prophecy. How many things has God said in your life that are still bound up? They have not been manifested yet yet because you are not calling. You are not calling. You are not calling. How many visions are held hostage because the men and women who talk about those visions are not doing the calling? God says, call unto me. Call unto me. It is the spirit of prayer that penetrates the darkness in the world and changes things. And it is not just ordinary, casual prayer. It is prayer that is striving for something. It is laboring prayer like we see Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. It is the fervent prayer, a heart on fire, like we see in the case of Elijah. It is effectual prayer that we find in the lives of the saints. 
It is a prayer that comes from a depth of the soul. It is loud, intense prayer. It is prayer that is, that is persistent and tenacious like the woman in Luke chapter 18. And so when we pray lukewarm, half-hearted prayers, when we come to a time of prayer and we are casual about prayer, and we are not intense about prayer, we are not focused on prayer, we don't immerse ourselves in a spirit of prayer. It worries me, Barcelona. When we are in church and we ask people to pray, and people just whisper, and they act like they're embarrassed to have intensity. Listen, Barcelona, when you are desperate, The, the desperation on its own forces you to have a certain tone to what you do. I remember many years ago, there was a certain lady I'd gone to school with. And uh, so many years later, I kind of bumped into her, you know, in a certain area in Soweto. We didn't see each other for many years and so, I mean, we renewed our acquaintance and she was married. I mean, she got married very young. I mean, I was still very far from getting married at the time, but she was married already. And, uh, and then I discovered as we were talking that uh, she, even if she, she was a Christian, she, she belonged to some other belief. That, and so we were not in agreement, me and her. So, you know, she was there with the baby. I don't know if she was a girl or a boy. I don't remember. But let's say a girl just for the sake of our discussion. So... We got, we got engaged in, 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 in discussing the Bible and arguing, right? Okay. And we really got carried away. And she was just talking, hunting, and talking, hunting, and talking, hunting. And then while she was doing that, without realizing that the girl had run over to go and cross a very busy main road. Now, I, I had my back to the main road, so I didn't see what was happening. She was looking towards the main road. I'm talking to her. And all of a sudden, this calm, collected woman who had on some stilettos, all of a sudden she changed and screamed and started shouting and she took off her stilettos and all and her bag and everything, running towards the child because the child was going to, en was going to encounter danger. That's the tone that God wants us to have. For as long as we are passive, half-hearted, for as long as we are casual about it, for as long as there's no intensity, then our calling on God and our praying to God will not say much. Many people who are of my age group will remember that there are several times when we had serious drought in our country. Very serious drought. Very, very serious drought. To a point that people decided to have prayer meetings. I went to two of those prayer meetings at different times. I don't remember the years. And we met even at Jabavu Stadium when Jabavu Stadium was still there. Where Homemakers Festival Grounds is. And as we got there, you should have heard the way people prayed. 
It didn't matter which denomination you came from. I wasn't even born again at the time. But the people prayed. And this is where, Basalana, when things are going well, when we don't have crisis, we lose our intense spirit. It really takes a lot of spiritual discipline to maintain your desperation, even when everything is okay. To still have an intensity about you. Because God says, if you call like that, if you call like that, I'll answer you. I'll answer you. I'll answer you. God has always called on us as a people to pray. He's always challenged us as a people to pray. And to pray mighty prayers. In 2 Chronicles 7, 14, he says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. Somebody say, and pray. pray. Say it again. Say it again. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, we need to pray. Tell the other neighbor, we need to pray. God says, my people who are called by my name, if they will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, somebody say then. Say it again. Say it again. There's always a then with God. If we don't do the praying, the then will not come. I know there's other things that we must do. But God says, if you pray, then, then I will hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Why were you not healing the land all along, God? You could say the land is not all right. Why are you not doing it? God says, well, that's the way I set up the system. I always wait for men's invitation. And note what it says. Not only are they praying, he talks about the intensity. Seek my face. Our greatest enemy is when things are going well for us. When we have food to eat, clothes to wear, when there's no crisis, human beings become apathetic and we start philosophizing about God. When you meet desperate people, they don't philosophize about God. When you meet desperate people, if God can assist them, they are not going to ask questions. They say, just pray for me. That's the attitude that we must have. In Luke 18.1, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. That's in the NIV Bible. Luke 18.1. Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray. We've always been exhorted to pray. God wants us to pray. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 in the New King James Version, it says, pray without ceasing. 
Watch this, Barcelona. Ich nago. Uh. Okay. Got a few more minutes. I want us to pray a little bit more today. God wants us to call upon him. And therefore, for our own benefit, for our own empowerment, he has revealed in his word different ways of calling upon him. What we may call different kinds of prayer. Quickly, we've gone through this before. I'm going to run through it quickly. I'm not going to give you time to, I'm not going to get into it because God has given us what we call the prayer of consecration and dedication. Where we submit ourselves and consecrate ourselves to God. Number two, God has given us the prayer of commitment or casting our care upon him. In this prayer, we commit to God the things that worry us, that concern us. Number three, God has given us the prayer of worship. In this prayer, the only subject of talking there is God. We are not asking for anything. We are simply praising God and worshiping him. Number four, God has given us the prayer of agreement. This is where when we come together as a group, we can agree on things. Even only two people can pray this prayer. Number five, God has given us prayer in the spirit or praying in tongues. This is where we pray in our heavenly language as a result of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Number six, God has given us united prayer. United prayer can be prayed when we join our hearts together. And it's in unison where we raise our voices in unison. Number seven, God has given us praying, in the, praying to the Father in the name of Jesus. That is praying in the name of Jesus. This is where often we pray against principalities and powers and we use the name of Jesus. Number what? Eight. God has given us intercessory prayer. This is where the, the prayer of intercession is never offered to you for you personally, but it is offered for someone else. And finally, number nine, God has given us the prayer of faith or what we call the prayer that changes things. All these different ways of calling upon him. God loves us so much that he has given us all these different ways of calling. Call upon me. Therefore, when we call to God, as I close, as we come before God and call upon him, our disposition matters. And this is what I want to show you. Number one, God says, call upon me or pray to me. Well, when we read the Bible, Ephesians 6, 18, the first part of that verse tells us we must pray always. Call always. All the, all the time. Ephesians 6, 18, the first part of the verse, it says, praying always. Praying always. Praying always. So we must pray always. We pray when it's good. We pray when it's bad. We pray when we're happy. We pray when we're sad. We pray when we're laughing. We pray when we're crying. We pray in the morning. We pray in the evening. Do I have people in the house here who understand what I'm talking about? We call always. 
God says, don't, don't just call and ask for small and things. Ask for mighty things. Pray always. Number two, we pray different kinds of prayer. I've gone through them. We have all these different kinds of prayer. You know, we pray the prayer of intercession, the prayer of binding and loosing, the prayer of agreement, and the, the prayer of faith. And, and there's also the prayer of entreaty, the prayer of supplication. My goodness, all these prayers. And we pray these prayers. Number three, we pray with importunity. Or you may want to call it persistence. In Luke 18.1, we've already talked about it. Jesus gives a parable. And the Bible tells us that Jesus taught the parable to this end. That men ought always to pray and not give up. The reason why he talked about the parable of the widow woman and the ruler. That she came to ask him for fairness from this ruler. And the Bible says this ruler, this rich man would not give her, this judge would not give this woman justice. But this woman, instead of giving up, she kept on approaching the judge again. She kept on coming back and coming back and making the same request again and again and again and again until this judge says, you know what? Though I don't regard people, though I don't fear God, even if I'm that kind of a person, but I'm just going to have to give this woman what she wants. Because after all, she's just going to wear me out by her continual coming. And Jesus says, that's the attitude you must adopt when you come to God. And the interesting thing is that God is not unjust. God is just. And God is your father. But he says, come with importunity. So we pray always. We pray different kinds of prayer. We pray with importunity. This is the way to call. We're going to be doing it in a short while. Number four, we must pray fervently. We must pray fervently. Fervency speaks of fire in our hearts. Fervency speaks of effectiveness. In James 5, 16, it says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man when it talks about Elijah. Watch this, Basalan. The word effectual talks of a prayer that is directed at changing something. You can pray mighty prayers. You can change things through your prayers. I can see you don't believe that tonight. You can change things through your prayers. If your prayers are based on the word of God, if your prayers go in line with the word of God, you can change things through the prayers of your life. So we must pray fervently and effectually. That's how we call. God says when you come to pray, be fervent. Let your heart burn. Let your heart be on fire. Let your heart be directed towards me. Come with a heart and a mindset that something is going to change. 
come with the attitude that I know my God can change this situation. Don't come trying. Don't come to me as a last resort. Don't come to me half-heartedly. Come expecting me to do something. That is why I am saying, call upon me and I will show you mighty things. God says, call and pray fervently. Number five, he says we must pray with faith in our hearts. Don't come with a heart that is full of doubt. Come with a heart full of faith. Come trusting, believing. But remember, faith is based on the knowledge of God's word. You can't believe beyond your level of knowing. Therefore, before you can have faith for something, you must have the knowledge that it's God's will. And the only place to find that knowledge of God's will is the word of God. Meaning this, before you can launch into prayer, praying on a certain item, find a scripture that lines up with your need. Read that scripture, let faith fill your heart and pray in line with that scripture. Pray with faith in your heart. Number what? Number what? Six. We must pray, Jesus says, in our solitary place. We must enter our secret place. Let's have Matthew 6, 6 on the screen, please. We must enter our secret place. Jesus says when you pray, when you call, you must also develop the discipline of calling when you are all alone. Note what Jesus says. He says, but you, when you pray, enter into your closet. And when you have shut your door, Pray to your father who sees in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Oh, hallelujah. Sometimes people see your life working out out there. They see blessings all around you and things working out. They don't understand that you have a secret place that you go to all the time. Where you do the calling. And finally, in conclusion, before we pray, we must also pray corporately. Look at these scriptures. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Let's have it up on the screen. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. I would like them to get ready with the scriptures. I gave them the notes. It says, and they continued. Somebody say continued. Say it again. Say it again. You see, we were here yesterday. We are here today continuing. Can I hear an amen there? Can I hear an amen? But note how they continued. They continued how? Oh, I can't hear you. They continued how? How did they continue? In what? In the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and what? And what? Not prayer, but what? Yes. What? Yes. 
So we must pray, learn to pray as a group. It's a problem when churches lose the spirit of prayer. It's a problem. It's a problem when we lose that corporate prayer. Where just prayer rises up here. And it just rises up as the incense going up to heaven. Just imagine tonight. All the other churches that are streaming. All over prayer rising up to God. Like incense rising up to God. Acts chapter 4 verse 24. Let's have that one. Excuse me. Acts 4, 24. This is after the apostles had come to report to the disciples that they had been threatened not to preach the gospel. And it's amazing. They were still giving a report. But the church had such a spirit of prayer that they didn't even wait for the apostles to say, let us pray. As the apostles were talking, when they heard that, it's a They didn't say, even a little let's have a strategic meeting. <laughs> or let's have a debriefing meeting. That's not what they did. When they heard that, what did they do? Oh, Bazalana, it's on the screen. What did they do? Can you read it out loud? What did they do? They lifted up their voices to God. How? In what? In what? In other words, Bazalana, there was just this rapture of prayer. You can tell when a church is a praying church. By this measurement. When, when, when people are a praying people and they're involved in a spirit of prayer, there's just this rapture that just goes on. I mean, if you went to the church of Dr. Cho, that's how they prayed those Korean people. Let's pray. My goodness. They had, to, they, they, they couldn't even, they can't even stop them with a the microphone. They have to have a bell. If the people are praying, when they want them to stop, they ring the bell. Because they pray so loud and they pray with so much intensity. They lifted up their voice in one accord. And that's why Jesus said in Matthew 21, 13, God's house must be kept as a house of prayer. And so tonight, we're going to call. Are you ready to call? Are you ready to call? Remember, God says, I'll show you mighty things. So you can call and pray mighty prayers. You can pray and call prayers for your family, your city, your nation. But I'd like us to start first of all by praying for a move of God in our nation. Amen. Are you there, Basalana? We're going to pray for a move of God in our nation, and then you can move to other prayers. I won't stop you. Pray with intensity. Pray as a desperate person. Pray as one who is expecting God to do big things. I am looking forward to this nation of ours being touched by the move of God and the power of God. 
I'm looking forward to more churches being planted in our nation in the name of Jesus. I'm looking forward to more people in our nation coming to know Christ as Savior and Lord. And that's why we are going to call as we pray tonight. You can kneel down. You can stand. If you walk around, don't go too far. Remember the distancing. Please keep your masks on. All right? Obey all the protocols. Let's be disciplined soldiers of the kingdom of God. And just make sure that we are going to do that. Let us pray. You can stand. You can sit. You can kneel. It's up to you. As we start, let me lead you in this prayer and we pray together. Follow me in the prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you on the basis of your word. You said, call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things which you know not. We come tonight with intensity. We come tonight with a spirit of faith. We come tonight with importunity, with fervency, our hearts filled with faith. We come tonight corporately to lift up our voices in one accord. We pray for our nation. We pray for South Africa. We pray for the move of God upon our nation in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray that the gospel will continue to penetrate our nation. We come against every force of darkness, every power of evil that will try to stop the gospel, that will try to distort the gospel, that will try to block the gospel from being preached in its fullness in the name of the Lord Jesus we say let the word of God increase 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 we pray for the people of our land let the spirit of wisdom and revelation be poured upon them Remove the blindfolds from their eyes. We bind the God of this world who has blinded the minds of those who believe not that the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ should not shine in them. Father, we pray for them. Let light shine. Let light shine. Let light shine. Let light shine. Let your light go to every corner of our country. Let your light go to every village, every township, every suburb, every informal settlement, every estate. Let the light of your gospel penetrate everyone in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray that the church of Jesus Christ will grow in South Africa. We pray that many churches will be planted. Many churches will be raised up. Many churches will be prevailing churches. 
We pray for all churches for the anointing of God to rest upon them. We pray for the leaders in those churches that you anoint them by the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray, oh God, let the anointing of God rest upon their lives. Guide them by your Spirit. Lead them by your Spirit. Help them, oh God, to preach your word, your uncompromised word, in the name of Jesus. Stretch forth your hand. Let signs and wonders be done by the name of your holy child, Jesus. Let the miraculous power of God again be manifested in the body of Christ as you move in a miraculous way. Father, we lift up our hands right now as we pray in the Holy Ghost. Just pray in the Holy Ghost, everybody. We pray for every leader. We pray for every church. We pray for every person in the church. We pray that the gospel will fill a nation. The gospel will fill this country. The gospel will not only fill a nation, but it will change the lives of your people. In the name of Jesus, Father, we stand against false teachings. We stand against false doctrines. We stand against every power of darkness. Everything that tries to play around with the gospel. We stand against every plan to try and block the work of the church. To try and stop the work of the church. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for the power of the anointing. We thank you for the power of the spirit.